0: We'll be reading from 1 John this morning, chapter 2. Starting at verse 28, reading through to chapter 3, verse 10. If you're following along in the Pew Bibles, that's on page 1022. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Dan. Uh, Good morning. Let me start by asking you a question. What does it look like to be a child of God? What does it look like to be a child of God? You see, being a child of God is something, one of the great privileges of the Christian believer for all who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. It's something we love to celebrate, that we sometimes sing about it on a Sunday morning. And we love to live in light of it, to live that out. And so our question is, what does it look like to be a child of God? I wonder how you would answer that. Because our passage this morning Uh, John paints this picture for us. He shows us what it looks like. Children of God practice righteousness. That's what it looks like to be a child of God. Children of God practice righteousness. And it's worth noting right from the outset that these verses, they contain a real challenge. But they also contain an even deeper encouragement. And so what we'll do this morning is we'll look at how John unpacks this. We'll look at what this involves. Children of God practice righteousness. What does that involve? What does that mean? And we'll look at why that's the case. Why is it that children of God practice righteousness? And then we'll finish by thinking about the how. How should we respond? How should this affect us here today, this morning? Children of God practice righteousness. And so with that in mind, why don't we jump in and look at what this involves. You see, as Dan read our passage for us, you may have noticed that John, he says the same thing kind of again and again. He kind of goes around in circles, says it from different angles. And so we can pick up from verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Uh, This verse, it joins our passage with the passage we looked at last week. The, The setting is the same. There's still that urgency in view of Jesus' return. And the call is to abide in him, to remain in him. And then in verse 29, he starts to unpack more of what that looks like. Verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Those who have been born of God, children of God, practice righteousness. He'll say this again and again throughout. He puts it in different ways. At verse 9, he puts it negatively. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. The message is clear. Children of God practice righteousness. But what does that involve? What does that look like? You see, what John is doing is he's drawing on this idea that we are children of God. He celebrates it, uh, chapter three, verse one. He declares this, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. He lifts our gaze, he says, look at God's love. Look at how great God's love is. And we see how great it is, because we have been called children of God. It's one of the great privileges, this intimate privilege of all who follow Jesus. Uh, God isn't just this abstract force out there that sort of explains things. He isn't even just the Father out there. No, for the Christian believer, he is our Father. I love the way J.I. Packer puts it. He says this, God receives us as sons and loves us with the same steadfast affection with which he eternally loves his beloved only begotten. Get this, we are all loved just as fully as Jesus is loved. Remarkable. See, all of us here, we we come from different families, don't we? As, As we gather together on a Sunday, we all represent different families and our families are different. We look different. Uh, we come from different places, we sound different. Uh, even last week, you m- remember that Josh shared some of what he and his family found different when, he, when they moved to this area. Different words for the things, different ways of pronouncing things. In fact, when he was sharing about the whole uh, water debacle, it uh, <laughs> reminded me, I was at a restaurant in Jenkintown. I kid you not, I asked for water three times <laughs> before they understood. Uh, The waitress is very kind, very patient, listening to me. I felt so bad, I just had to say it again and again. The person with me, the friend, you almost jumped in to translate for me. (laughs) I am not from here. Uh, We are all from different families and our families are different. Uh, For some of us, family is a happy thing. Oh, it brings up all sorts of happy memories, maybe when growing up, maybe even now. Uh, For some of us, family is full of hardship, uh, difficult memories, again, maybe from when we were growing up or maybe right now as well. Um, For some of us, family is full of hurt as we mourn the loss of loved ones. Uh, We each come from different families, and yet the wonderful thing is that if we have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are children of God. That is who we are even if the world around us doesn't see it. You see in verse one he continues, the reason why the world, that is the world that stands in opposition to God, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. And so if we have been welcomed in most intimately by the God who has made the whole world, then that is why we are rejected by a world that rejects Him. And we know this in our experience, that perhaps in our workplace we feel this, when we refrain from going with the flow of our colleagues and the way they talk about other coworkers and clients behind their back. Uh, we can feel this at school or in college in the way that friendship groups are made and maintained. Some of us feel this in our families. If we come from families that don't follow Christ, we can feel marginalized, shunned, at the very least isolated. But what John says is that none of that changes the fact that we are children of God. It doesn't etch away at that. It cannot threaten our status. See, even if the whole world around us, everyone we knew, they rejected Christ, we know that to all who did receive him, John chapter 1, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Friends, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you today are a child of God. And not because you look a certain way, not because you dress a certain way, but because of God's great love. Friends, do you know that this morning? Because what John does is he takes that and then he joins it to the idea of practicing righteousness. Children of God practice righteousness. And so you can think of it this way. Last week, if you were here, our passage was all about thinking right. Well, this week, it's all about doing right, about living right. Last week, the call was to think right in line with God's truth. Well, this week, the call is to live right in line with God's character. And that's why John puts it the way he does. Verse 29, as you saw, everyone who has been born of him practices righteousness. That's how they live. Uh, And you see it in the contrast, verse nine. No one born of of God makes a practice of sinning. Children of God practice righteousness. Now, we, we wanna be clear at this point about what it is that John is saying and what he isn't saying. See, it's not that children of God never sin. It's not that the children of God are perfect in everything that they do. Uh, we know this in our experience, and we know this from what John has said already. Uh, back in chapter one, if anyone claims to be without sin, he deceives himself, and the truth is not in him. That's not what he's saying. So, so what is he saying then? Well, this is how one of my professors has put it. When John says that those born of God do not sin, he refers to the overall thrust of their lives, not the absence of sin altogether. And so it's not that the children of God never commit sin. Rather, it is that the children of God do not stand committed to sin as a way of life. It's not that children of God never fall into sin, it's that they do not stand opposed to God as a way of life and pursue sin. Children of God practice righteousness. And as we've been following through and working our way through 1 John, uh, we already see what this looks like. Uh, You might remember back in chapter one, calls us to walk in the light rather than walk in the darkness. And so you can picture it as someone who looks at other people uh, with eyes of purity rather than eyes of corruption, as someone who speaks words of truth rather than deceit, as someone who works with their hands in an upright manner and with integrity. That's what it looks like to practice righteousness, uh, walking in the light. Uh, Earlier in chapter two, uh, we see this call uh, to obey God's word rather than ig- ignoring his word. And so you again picture someone who comes on a Sunday with a humble heart, eager to hear what God has to say to them. Uh, with a heart that is soft, ready to listen, rather than hardened, ready to kind of ping off anything that God says. As uh, someone who sees that God's word is for them and not just for others, challenging them. Walking in the light, obeying God's word. Uh, Later in chapter two, the call to love our brother and our sister. Going out of our way to do good to each other, even if it costs us. Uh, Willing to take on inconvenience, willing to do the unattractive thing. This is what it looks like to be a child of God. It is beautiful, isn't it? It's not to do with our appearance. It's not to do with dressing a certain way. It is to do with our character and living a certain way. And here's the thing. Uh, This little description of what it looks like to practice righteousness, it isn't hypothetical. Uh, What we have here isn't this sort of example that you see in a textbook that you never see in real life. Now, what we see here is actually what we see around us. Put it this way, as we describe what it looks like to practice righteousness, who comes to mind? Because there will be people in our own church family in this room that you will be able to picture walking in the light, eager to obey God's word, going out of their way to love their brother and sister. As I've been reflecting on this passage this week and thinking about how to describe this, all of those things, I can picture people. This isn't just this hypothetical thing out there that never really happens. This actually is us. Not perfectly, but really. Children of God practice righteousness. And if that's the case for us as individuals, then it's the same for us as a family. We help each other practice righteousness. Now just think of um, our community group. The men of our group met together on Tuesday, and when we get together, we we talk about all sorts of things. Uh, We'll share about our work, we'll share about our days, uh, we'll share about some of the things coming up, Uh, we'll share about sports and hobbies and all sorts, but we also go further. See, what do we do when we get together? We help each other practice righteousness. This past Tuesday, we spent a whole hour thinking about gratitude. Uh, We want to be men marked by gratitude. And so we talked uh, about the ways in which we find it hard to be thankful, things that get in the way of being thankful. And we talked about things that help us become more thankful. And then we prayed together and gave thanks for all sorts of things. Uh, We're not perfectly grateful men. Uh, You can ask our families, they will tell you. But we want to grow in that. We want to practice righteousness. We know we don't do it perfectly, but we want to help each other grow in that. Because children of God practice righteousness. See, that's what it involves. But why is this the case? See, we looked at the what. What about the why? Why should it be this case? Why can't it be any other way? You see, in our passage today, John doesn't actually give a command to practice righteousness. He doesn't actually say do right as an imperative. What he does is he gives us reasons why we should. He shows us that It couldn't be any other way. No, children of God practice righteousness. Why? Because it reflects our future. Uh, Verse two continues this future theme and it sets this kind of contrast between now and what's to come. Beloved, we are God's children now. That is a present reality. But what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. We are children of God right now. But it's not fully manifest. It's not fully recognized. And we don't fully live it out. But the day is coming when Jesus will return. And we will see him in all his glory. And when that happens, the effect on us will be transformational. We will be like him because we will see him as he is. It's the way things should be. And John says that that is precisely the way things will be. And that future has an effect now. At verse three, everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. We practice righteousness because it reflects our future. Now sometimes we can get the logic kind of mixed up. Um, Think of it this way. Imagine you're feeding a little kid their meal. And if you don't have kids, the same actually applies to adults. But let's just take the kid example. Imagine you're feeding them spaghetti meatballs. World's messiest meal. And so within seconds, what happens? Sauce all over the shirt. Told you, it applies to adults as well. (laughs) But going with the kid, you're faced with a choice. What do you do? Do you quickly try to wipe it up, get the bib that you forgot, and then keep going? Or do you say, it's too late. We're going to have to wash that shirt anyway. Let's throw on some more sauce for good measure. We don't need to work so hard to keep it clean anymore. Well, we, it's fine in that situation, but we can sometimes take a similar approach. Oh, fighting sin is hard, practicing righteousness is hard. But it's all right. When Jesus comes back, it will all be sorted. So who cares in the meantime? Well, that would be to completely twist this out of shape. Now, instead, picture a sunset, a one of those sunsets where the sky just feels like it's overflowing with color, yellow, orange, red, purple, pink, all of them mixed together. When you catch a glimpse of that sunset, what do you do? You, look, you turn towards it. You can't help but look towards it. You almost want to move towards it, even though you know you can't actually get any closer. Well, when Jesus returns, it is gonna be even more glorious. And when that captivates our horizon, it will affect the way we live. See, if this is the future that we're looking forward to, then to pursue sin, will be as if to say, I don't wanna be part of that future. I wanna go in the opposite direction. But children of God practice righteousness because it reflects our future. It also reflects our family. Uh, See, all the way through these um, comments about practicing righteousness, it's all joined up to what God is like. And so verse 29 we saw, if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. There's the link. Uh, Uh, verse three we just saw everyone who thus uh, hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure Uh, verse seven little children let no one deceive you whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous and then it's all capped off in verse nine we saw this at the start no one born of god makes a practice of sinning for god's seed abides in him it's A little unclear whether this God's seed here refers to God's word, which has been planted in us and which brings new life, or if it's God's spirit who dwells within us and makes us alive with him. But either way, John's point is clear. It's as if to say God has put something of his DNA in his children. It's the family likeness, and so we will be like him. You see, we're familiar with the idea of family likeness. Uh, it's not just a physical appearance, but even in character, even in our traits. As children, we might look up to our parents and think, well, wow, there are things about them that I would love to be true of me. I want to grow up to be more like them. As kids, we also see our parents maybe think, I don't understand how they can be the way they are. Certainly is the case in my teen years. I, you promise yourself, when I get older, I am gonna be different. And of course, as we get older, I mean, I'm only 30, but already there are times when you say things and you act a certain way and you think, I'm just like my parents. (laughs) There's a family likeness. Well, as children of God, what is the family likeness? It's all good, perfectly righteous, perfectly pure, without sin. I love the way Jen Wilkin puts it, uh, talking about holiness. Growing in holiness means growing in our hatred of sin. Growing in holiness means growing into being loving, just, good, merciful, gracious, faithful, truthful, patient, and wise. It means learning to think, speak, and act like Christ every hour of every day that God grants us to walk this earth as the redeemed. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That is what our family is like. And so to pursue sin would be as if to say, I don't want to be part of this family. I want to go my own way. I want to be part of a different family. But children of God practice righteousness because it reflects our family. See, it reflects our future, reflects our family, and it also reflects our faith. You see, what is the faith that we confess? Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and He came to take away the sins of the world, and He has defeated the great enemy. Well, what John does is he takes that and joins it with how we live. See, verse four, you can follow the logic. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. But, verse five, you know that he, Jesus, appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. That's what Jesus came to do. And so it makes total sense. Verse six, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Practicing righteousness reflects our faith. Uh, The same pattern we see in verse seven and eight. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. But, verse eight, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. See, to pursue sin is is the devil's likeness. But what did Jesus come to do? Verse eight continues, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That's the faith we confess. That's the salvation we celebrate this is the reason why we can be children of God in the first place Jesus the perfect son of God righteous in perfection utterly pure without sin and yet in his life and ministry accused of being in league with the devil In his trial he was sentenced as one who stood opposed to god and then on the cross he sat under the weight of god's judgment on sin why so that friends you and i if we put our faith and trust in jesus christ we can be called children of god we who once were far off we saw earlier have now been brought near at once we walked in darkness that we ignored God's word, we hated his people, but now we have had our sins forgiven. We've been welcomed in, we've been made children of God. And what John is saying is that if this is the faith that we confess, then to pursue sin would be to turn our backs on that very faith we confess. See, it's not the case that we do right in order to become children of God it's not because we've done kind of well enough that we have be been made children of God but as children of God we do right children of God practice righteousness because it reflects our future it reflects our family it reflects our faith that's the why That's what John does to persuade us to see that it could not be any other way. And so now that we've looked at the what, and now that we've looked at the why, let's finish by thinking about the how. How should we respond? How should this impact us today? See, it'd be very strange if we've seen what we've seen and then we just close our Bibles and go home. (laughs) You'd feel like we were missing something. So how should we respond? How should this sit with us this morning? Well, at the start, I mentioned that this passage comes with both a real challenge and an even deeper encouragement. And so let's start with uh, the challenge, the warning, sorry. See, there's been this contrast all the way through. uh, It gets summarized in verse 10. By this, all that we've seen, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil? Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. There's this stark contrast set before us. Children of God practice righteousness for the one who pursues sin is in fact a child of the devil. There's a real warning here. Now we want to remember, again, what John is saying and what he isn't saying. It's not that anyone who commits sin is a child of the devil. No, rather, children of the devil are those who are committed to sin as a way of life. It's what they pursue. And so what we have here is a real warning. And a warning, perhaps, for some of us here today. You see, it is possible to call ourselves a Christian while in fact being a child of the devil. You see, there's a phrase that we use often here. We say, it's okay to not be okay. It's a wonderful description of the welcome we have in the Gospel. Uh, We don't need to clean ourselves up before we come to Christ. We don't have to get our act together before we come to Him. No, we come as we are and receive by faith what He has done for us. It's okay to not be okay. But it is possible to take that and then twist it out of shape. It is possible to take this great welcome of the gospel and then use it as an excuse for sin. We say, it's okay to not be okay. And then we use that to justify a way of life where we pursue sin and are committed to it. See, it's possible to say so many of the right things, to dress the part, to kind of look the part, when all along in our heart of hearts, we have no intention of walking in the light have no intention of obeying God's word. We have no intention of loving his people. There is a stark warning here. And friends, if that is you, if that describes you, do you see what this passage is saying? He's saying that you are the child of the devil. It is a way of life that is incompatible with the faith that we confess. It is of a different family altogether. And it anticipates a completely different future. Instead of looking ahead to a horizon of glory and life, it looks ahead to a destiny of judgment and death. Friends, if that is you, will you heed this warning? Will you turn away from your sin? Will you repent of that way of life? Will you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? And for some of us here, perhaps we wouldn't even call ourselves a Christian in the first place. Well, if that is you, do you see how the starkness of the contrast he lays out? Children of God and children of the devil? There's no in-between, there's no fence to sit on. Will you heed this warning? Because the wonderful thing is that Jesus Christ has done everything necessary to make you a child of God today. And so the call is to come, to turn away from that way of life, to repent of your sin, and to put your faith and trust in Him. See, there is a real warning here in these verses, but there is an even deeper encouragement, and this is where we'll finish. If we are those who practice righteousness, we can be assured that we are children of God. We won't be doing it perfectly, But if we really are genuinely seeking to walk in the light, genuinely looking to obey God's word as we sit under it, genuinely looking to love our brother and sister, there is real encouragement for us here. Perhaps for some of us, we are discouraged today because of the situation we find ourselves in. And maybe we feel discouraged this morning as we come to church because of the sin we find in our lives well john has this wonderful encouragement to us if we practice righteousness however imperfectly you can be assured that you are a child of god this is an encouragement we can hold on to in fact it's an encouragement we can give to each other i asked you earlier as we describe what practicing righteousness looks like, who do you think of? Why not tell them? Why not tell them today? You could drop them a message. Some of us prefer to call. You could call them and say that, I am really encouraged by you, brother, sister. Uh, For those of us who are coming back later today, why not use those opportunities to encourage each other as we see the ways in which we practice righteousness and spur each other on. See, if we practice righteousness, we can know that we are children of God. And if we are children of God, let's keep practicing righteousness. Let's pursue it all the more, and let's help each other in this. Let me finish by asking you this. Today, brothers and sisters, Will you, in your heart of hearts, commit yourself this week to practicing righteousness? Will we commit to helping each other in that? Children of God, practice righteousness. Amen? Uh, Jen Stark is gonna come and lead us in a prayer. The microphone is just there..
2: Let's pray. Our perfect Father, you call us your children. You show us the same affection as the son himself and we're amazed that we, we can't be unadopted or unchosen because of you. We thank you that you have given us the freedom to pursue righteousness, to walk in the light. Thank you for showing us your abundant love towards us, such an abundant love towards us, and give us an eager heart to, to know this and to live in light of this. We pray that you would allow us to live out our family name, that it might be as deeply stamped on our hearts and our minds as it is into our actions. Make us in this room concrete echoes of our future and help us to glory in and encourage one another as we see such examples. Teach us to be and to fight to be more like who we really are and help us to hate sin and to love you above all else. This week, Lord, allow us to meditate on the question and ask ourselves which family we want to be a part of. And Spirit, convict us and challenge our souls with the answers that we hear. I pray, Lord, that if we are committed to sin, that you would warn and overwhelm our hearts with the offer of another way you would save us and lord i pray that if we are desiring you that we would be encouraged and that you would overwhelm us to seek you with every fiber of who we are now we thank you spirit for your assurance to us we anticipate our future with you jesus and so help us now in your name amen you, Will. Thank you, Jen. Uh, What an incredible love, uh, the love of our Father that he has given us, that that we've been welcomed into God's family as sons and daughters of the King. I was really encouraged by that. Um, This this is a family meal. Uh, It's a meal for God's children. Um, if, If you are one of God's precious kids this morning. If you know Jesus by faith, then come to this meal. Eat, drink, celebrate all that Christ is and what he has accomplished for you on the cross. Uh, maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you say, "You know, I, I'm one of God's children, but you know, like Will challenged us, you know you've